0: Welcome to the DGR podcast. I'm your host, David Gray. Hello everyone. Today's guest is Keir When I'm Flat, also known as Rugby Strength Coach. You're in for a treat with this episode today. Keir is one of the more successful SNC coaches in the industry. He's worked for many, many years in professional sports across many different countries. He's also built a very successful business and brand and membership site. And I've been lucky enough to present to his members there over at Strength Coach Network. I've known Kier for a few years now, and we've chatted semi-regularly online. And um, he's always impressed me with his ability to kind of zoom out and look at things on a macro level, talk about principles and strategy, but also zoom in and talk about daily tactics and look at things on a micro level. Ultimately, there's very few few businesses in this in, in these industries, whether it's SNC or, or physiotherapy or whatever. There's very few businesses, real businesses. There's a lot of people that are trading time for money, and that's not really what I want to do in the long run. That's not what Kira wants to do in the long run or the short run, for that matter. Um, and that's what today's chat is about. It's about business. It's about advertising. It's about branding. It's about what kind of products you should be selling or thinking about the pros and cons of different types of of products. There's loads of good stuff there. I think we get better and better and better as the chat goes on. I think there's lots of stuff that's going to make people think. I cut out the first maybe three minutes of the podcast because the audio was a little bit dodgy. So it will just get straight into it. You'll just hear here kind of towards the end of his introduction, but he doesn't need much of an introduction anyway. So if you like the podcast, um, please give us a like. Go and click five stars if you're on Spotify. Don't bother clicking four or three. Don't give us a review in that instance. Just click five. And um, yeah, let us know what you think. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Kier, Wen and Flash. I'm not a big quote guy. I have one yeah. quote on my wall, and it says Hyper comp- competence. I actually struggle to pronounce one of these words. Hypercompetence and the capacity for genuine reciprocity. How do you sp- how do you pronounce that word? Reciprocity. Reciprocity yeah. makes you makes you unstoppable and yep. when i when i think of that quote in with regards in this industry i don't mean to lick your ass but there's very few people i think that understand that word that i can't pronounce in terms of like when you 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 talk about networking a lot but i think people think networking is just like saying hello to someone and oh i know this person now yep. but actually it needs to be this like mutually beneficial relationship where you get something and i get something now that, it doesn't always have to be that i don't think it doesn't have to start there but it kind of has to develop into that, and I think you understand that better than probably anyone else I know in the industry. On top of a hyper being being very competent, <laughs> excuse me, at your job and knowing your stuff, and I think people there's very few people that have both of those skills. And like he says, it makes you unstoppable. I really think like that's something that I'm 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 a bit behind you on that side of things and the networking
1: side. So I think that's... that's I've something. failed at that, though. I have failed at that in my career. You know, I, I remember I went for a job in the, the championship. So this was at the, the end of my internship, internship year at Wasps. So... You know, I think I had three part-time jobs that year. I ended up borrowing like five grand off my dad. I say, bro, I haven't paid him back yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's him borrowing from parents' works. <laughs> yeah, I probably should. Well, actually, no, let me say, I, I did, I lent him a big chunk of money when I, when I moved to America. So yeah. Did he pay back. you back? He did. He did. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, that's a tough year, you know, 40 hours a week, unpaid and it, you kind of get into the end. Those those kind of years are tough because it, it's a big roll of the dice. It's like, hey, if this, if this doesn't come off, you've just spent a year working for free and you have nothing to show for it. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like, I I think they were of the opinion, well, oh, there's no real jobs at Wasps that he can that he can do and actually have a living wage off. So they have this partnership with London Scottish, go to London Scottish. And they I think they they booted their strength coach funnily enough, of like two or three weeks before preseason. They, they called up Watson. and it's like, okay, well, Kia's going to go fill in for two weeks there. I think they had like two weeks, a little break, and then they were going to start the preseason or whatever. And I went there and I was, I, I was told by the head of academy, if you do not mess this up, this is your job. And I went there. Did I do a good job? Me, 10, 10 years removed? no did I do a better job than the last guy? The feedback from the players was yes. They were excited. They're like, oh, you know, they literally said on the Friday before when I interviewed, see you on Monday. And of course I didn't get the job. And that was as a result of the guy that got hired. Was he better than me? Maybe. Was he also the best man of the head coach at his wedding? Absolutely he was. Were they like this? Did they go to the same university? Yes, they did. Then they offered me, well, you can assist this guy and stay on. And because I'm me, I'm like, okay, then. Well, it was half, It was half. maybe I'll learn from this guy and maybe fuck you. I'm going to prove to you on a daily basis that you've made a mistake. And of course, within a few weeks, it was, it was obvious to me that I was maybe not on the receiving end of the most objective feedback. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, that head coach, you know Dan Howes? Yeah. He ended up working with Housie. And he, he told Halsey in private, he goes, oh, one of the biggest regrets of my career is I didn't hike it." And he never told me to my face. But hearing that, I'm like, fuck, I knew it. So when you're that desperate and you need the money, and earlier in my career, I wore a lot of stuff like that on my sleeve. It really upset me. Mm-hmm. I thought, never again. Never again will I be in that position. And of course, I didn't act on it for years. But I remember years previous being at university and there was a lecturer saying read this book never Eat alone by keith farazzi so literally the week that i didn't get that job bought the book read it and i said never again will i be the guy with the technical ability but not the connections the idea that you have to pick one or the other is a false dichotomy it's not either or it's both and yeah. and the way that i've treated, you you mentioned people enter into networking of like Oh, pleased to meet you, Adam on LinkedIn. Whatever. It's not that the way that I've tried to do it is, especially when you get older, is depth, not breadth. And the second thing is, every interaction you are trying to enter into is, what can I do for this person? However limited your resources, your ability, your knowledge, your skill is, what can I do for this person? And the worst case scenario for that interaction is that you've done something for somebody else, and you get to feel good about it. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to, you have to be planting hundreds of seeds to wait to see well, which one's gonna turn into the the oak tree. Yeah. I think because I don't really even know how we connected. You just
0: kind of somehow like kind of weaseled your way in somewhere. And yeah. Just wrote a message something like yeah. I, I actually think it was that I was selling a webinar. When COVID yeah. first said I sold a, a how to how to treat online clients webinar. And I was yeah. advertising or I was just speaking about it on my story and I said how I'm going to show you how I've gotten to this stage without ever spending a penny on marketing or advertising, and you just wrote, "You should have," <laughs> in a DM or something like that. And then we we just chatted for about ten minutes or twenty yeah. minutes, and you were just giving me some tips there on, on It's, on like, it's like driving
1: in a twenty when you can drive at a thirty. Mm-hmm. And the speed limit's 30. It's like I I can't remember if I mentioned it to you at the time, but the book Lean Startup by Eric Reese mm-hmm. does a much better job of explaining that than me. Yeah. 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 I I admire that about you and how you've you've done your business because it, it it should be really encouraging when you can have that kind of growth and, and money organically. To me, I'm I'm running towards you with a you know, can full of gasoline. <laughs> Just like, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I'm not against, like, I wasn't yeah. against sales or marketing, but I was marketing that webinar by saying that I haven't yeah. advertised or spent money. Yeah, um, yeah. Why, why do you think people are so against marketing and paying money for, especially in the, well, maybe it's not just especially in the industry, but I have a theory on it, but I'd like to hear why do you think, like, people seem to get a bit butthurt when they see you posting or anyone posting ads. Why is that?
1: Um, I can't speak to the co- Culture in the Republic of Ireland too much, but certainly in the UK, there's Rachel Guy. She's I think she no Rachel yeah Rachel Fox. Now she's oh no Rachel Guy. I forget. She's changed her name. She's married. She does a lot in the the women's space, and she calls it tall poppy syndrome, which is when you start to rise, or you put your hand up, or you you verbalise your aspirations. In the UK, you're told to do your time, know your place, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The extreme opposite end of the spectrum is America. You tell people what you're going to do and they're like, oh my God, that's awesome. And then they'll try and sell you a product or service to help you do that. So I think there's that. There is this, certainly within professional sport, there's this idea about being dedicated to a craft or dedicated to an organization. And that if you have interests outside of that, that are financial, you can't possibly be committed enough. Mm-hmm. I'll say I'll counter that with a couple of things. One is that you're the CEO of you and the, the, the business that has one customer is run by an idiot because you're one customer firing away from going out of business. Mm-hmm. So if you have one source of income, you have made your financial future at some point wholly reliant on somebody that would fire you in a heartbeat. So you need to prepare for those realities and, and work against those realities. The second is... I've, I've talked to a number of friends about what do you like to do in your spare time? And they'll be like, well, you know, I like to cook or I like to play the guitar and all this kind of stuff. And I say, what does the school have to say about that? Answer, nothing. Well, what happens if the thing that you like to do in your spare time is to make money, mm-hmm. <laughs> none, none of your fucking business. Do you know what I mean? So I, I, this is, um, I mean, we can get into that, but as well. But I think one of the one of the things that really annoys me about certain organisations and, and schools is that they will dictate how you spend work time, and then not do their side of the bargain, which is to respect when you are not on work time. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm breaking the law, none of your fucking business what I'm doing outside of work. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, but
1: people yeah. don't respect
0: their own time either. Like yes. people have to learn that lesson very uh, in a hard way. I think.
1: Well, uh, here's one thing that I I spoke to Vernon yesterday. I told you, I I wrote it down. He said, they're not paying you for your expertise. They're not paying you for your time. They are paying you to not be at home around your loved ones. (laughs) Once you start to put that value on it, you're like, well, actually, my time is way more valuable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't have kids yet. Maybe I will someday. Hopefully I will. But like, I want to be able to drop my kids to school and pick them up every day. Like that's... I heard someone saying that in the past and that, like, that was a big thing for me. No, I don't think there's anything that could take me away from that. Now, some people just have to work like, long hours because they don't have the expertise, but like, that is not in my future, I hope. I aspire to that. Yeah. 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 That's not where I'm, where, I'm, where I'm hoping to be. What's your structure of your day at the moment? That's something I haven't heard you talk about. Like When you wake up, you have a
1: coffee, what do you do? Bro, I'm like the most unstructured person. Basically, anytime I've done a personality assessment at like any organization I've been in, this is gonna shock you. I'm an extrovert. I thrive in chaos. I figure it out as I go along. And basically, I mean, I I literally used to have arguments with an ex about this. And she's like, well, what what are we gonna do about this? I'm like, Oh no, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Oh my God, you're disrespecting my time. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm respecting your time as much as I respect my own. I, I like that Naval Ravikant thing of you work like a lion. Lions do not go out and hunt at medium pace all day long. They're going to chill until they get hungry. And then when they're hungry, they're going to fucking work. And I'm I'm like that, like... In training, you're not going to train the same intensity all year round for the same volume. There are going to be periods where you are going to be miserable drinking Sappuccinos because you're working so much and there's going to be others that are more enjoyable. And um, I'm probably in one of those miserable phases right now because we're about to drop uh, fundamentals level two. So I work at night, typically. I, I go slow in the morning. I, I kind of do like errands and stuff. Then I'll work kind of like lunchtime to mid-afternoon i'll take a break in the evening to do jiu-jitsu and then i'll work again in the evening so it's it's not uncommon for me to work until like 12 one o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. and then when i'm feeling it i'll do a lot of work when i'm not feeling it i'll just Fernando and JJ we're (laughs) we're
0: we're very similar in that regard like i don't have a structure for anything which is it holds me back in some ways but it's Good in other ways, I think. But um, do you then try and surround yourself with people who are like more structured? Like I don't know what Fernando is like or other people that you work with. But like, like obviously running Strength Coach Network, yeah, you have to have your presentations and all that planned months in advance. You have your emails, you have your uh, sales funnels and all of that stuff. Like, how do you keep on top then of all the little different things that are going on? This is the problem.
1: My first boss, Ian Taplin the most insightful thing he ever said to me is your greatest strength becomes your greatest weakness. So in, at that time it was, well, you have a great sense of humor and you're friendly and you know, you'll, you'll say funny shit taken to the extreme. It makes you look unprofessional. People won't take you seriously All that kind of stuff. And he was right. When, when you thrive in chaos and lack of structure, and we'll figure it out, there's benefits to it. But then those same qualities can let you down when it comes to running, it sounds grandiose, running a business or building a business. Because the thing about businesses is until you can sell it to somebody else, you don't have a business, you own a job. (laughs) And in order to sell it to somebody else, you have to be able to teach somebody else how to do it. And in order to do that, you have to have systems. And in order to have systems, you have to take what is implicit and make it explicit and standardizable. That is where things fall down. So even with like crazy successful CEOs, you see it, you have like the, the, the startup CEO and then typically what happens is it gets to a certain size and then you say, okay, bring the adults in. We're going to now have a, like a, a great CEO. Google, for example, right? So again, one of the, the big mistakes that I've made in my career I was, I was not ready or willing enough to spend money early on in marketing. And I got over that marketing thing about seven, eight years ago. Then it was hiring because when you run your own business, it's because you're the best person in the world at doing your job. And well, of course you're going to know more than everyone else. And it's like, well, I'm going to do a 10 out of 10. And why would I delegate to a guy that's going to do an eight out of 10? But Five guys doing eight out of 10 are going to outproduce you every single day of the week. So you have to get over your ego and be willing to delegate stuff and to put the time in. The thing about teaching people is it takes way more time on the front end than it takes you to do that job. But when you multiply that task by how many times you do it per day, per week, per month, per year, it's a huge saving. And my best friend growing up in school, he's now a CEO of this company in uh, London, like digital marketing company. And he, what he said to me is, he goes, my job is to think. You cannot think until you've freed yourself up and you don't actually have anything to do. And that's where the delegation comes in. So I try to delegate to other people what I'm not good at. I also try to delegate to, to people that I hate to do because it's not going to get my best effort. And then I, I try and make sure that I'm working on the business, not in the business. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a, there's a business physical therapy business coach called Paul Goff. I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but he's a, he's a big, he's a big coach, but he says every time, every time you solve a problem, it just creates another problem in business where like, which is a good thing, obviously, but it's exactly what you're saying where like you, you suddenly write my My first problem is I want to get enough business or like, if you're a physio, I want to get 40 clients a week in the door. And yeah. then I get that. Now what do I do? I have to hire someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it just keeps going and going and going. There's another problem, another problem. And we've definitely yeah. faced that in our business. Like it's a, it's a good thing. But I I, I, I kind of stepped over the hiring someone threshold. Um, and then we have a few people working for us and stuff like that. But
1: um, that was such a block for me. It was so hard. Yeah. But actually, you know, that, the challenge is as well is so many people hire in their own image. This yeah. is, you see it all the time in um, college football. They're all fucking clones of one another. Yeah. One is they want to behave, you know, oh, if I behave like this guy, I'm going to get his pay, blah, blah, blah. But then they also hire in their own image. And it's like, I think the more self-aware you can be about what your shortcomings are and what you're not good at and what, you're, what you don't like to do, you actually need to go out and hire in the opposite direction for that. Mm-hmm. And we we used to joke, like we had this, like a William and Mary, we had this crazy mix. I used to kid, you know, quorum. I was like, oh, we're like the odd couple. You're you're the Texas evangelical Christian, conservative. I'm the loud enough European liberal atheist. <laughs> we had Ray, you know, Ray's from Boston, 50 years old black dude, basketball environment. We got Scott from the Midwest. He's like quite demonstrative. We got Tony, who we used to joke he was a serial killer. He used to put up fucking Ted Bundy quotes on his pin board. And then we had, uh, yeah, it's all Alex. He's a fucking weirdo as well. That's a, we had a, quite a, a wide mix, and I think that it's a good sign. If you have clones running around, I think you're setting yourself up for failure because that's when you get, you get the echo chamber, yeah. and you, you become really heavily skewed as a department or as an organization in one direction And that. You need, you need balance yeah
0: yeah i yeah i definitely did that i definitely tried to be open but it's I, the question i wanted to ask you with regards to, kind of with regards to that is like especially with what you said about the sales thing earlier um and yeah. selling, selling the business so my problem then is obviously my business is david gray rehab and yes. even rugby strength coach i suppose is not too bad because technically someone else could be rugby strength coach but they're not they're never going to I'm be why do you think strength coach network exists exactly so like <laughs> so if you were if you were given someone if you were giving me advice a couple of years ago on that whole branding thing you yeah. would, you would then have told me probably not to be david gray rehab correct yeah but it does have its advantages in the short term do you think
1: are you are you building for the short term or for the long term? Who knows? <laughs> Flying by the seat of my pants. But like... Interestingly enough, Poliquin, you know, do you know why? Do you remember Poliquin back in the day became strength sensei? Yeah, but that's because no his wife. wife took it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I want to say his wife had equity in the business as did a bunch of other people. He and his wife got divorced and she got the board on her side and they're like, okay, Charles Poliquin, you're now fired from Poliquin Performance. <laughs> and they, they continued to market and do business effectively in his name without him being a part of the business but that's the only time that i've heard Mm -hmm. that that happened yeah
0: yeah yeah hopefully that won't happen to me yeah (laughs) but um yeah it's, it's an it's an interesting one but i think that there's a lot of people doing that like where they have their own name and stuff like that but I think I think if you get the business to the point, and I think you might run into this, maybe not. I'm actually probably wrong. But if you get the business to the point where it's so good that someone wants to buy it for a lot of money, that means you have got your processes right. That means you have got your people in the right place, and that means that you probably don't want to sell the business at that stage because it's making enough money for you where you're not actually involved in the day to day running.
1: It depends. It depends. It's like real estate. Like, do you you want cash flow? Do you want to flip? Because if you if you look at like, let's say you have, you have a rental property, you can put hundred grand into it. This happened. Put hundred grand into it, and you double the cash flow. You you increase the cash flow fifty percent. So you know now you're making x thousand a year more. You you're gonna get your money back and make you know it's gonna take you ten years to get that money back, but you're pocketing money every single month. Or you can just sell today and get a big check and then move on to the next thing and do, do something bigger. So I guess it depends on what, what aspirations you have. And then also long term for the business, maybe it has to get to a point where somebody with way deeper pockets than you has the money required to take it to the next level.
0: Yeah.
1: So I guess it, it, it depends. Yeah, you've definitely
0: done a good job with Strength Coach Network. Recently, like over the, I've noticed that you're not as much of the face of the company over the last probably six months or so, maybe longer, as you were in the past. Like I don't associate you as strongly with that now as I did in
1: the past. And that that was one of the things where I had to force myself to do it. So I think the, for example, the Strength Coach Network Instagram, just over a year ago, I think is when I hired JJ. So he's really good at that social media stuff. Like anything on strength coach network and Instagram is nothing to do with me. It's all JJ. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is like weaning myself off. I'm not going to touch it at all. If we can, if we can grow it. Okay. I've demonstrated to myself that the world's not going to end. If I delegate this to somebody and he's, he's grown it to 15,000 people in just over a year with no, no ads. Yeah. He writes every single email that goes out from strength coach network. He does all of the cheat sheets. I don't do any of the scheduling of webinars. I, you know, there's, there's very little of the day to day that I actually do now. I think my role now is more kind of like, which direction are we going in? Who do we want to bring into the network? One of the things that I realized is creating your own content is a curse because to be producer, and presenter and all this kind of stuff they're two competing jobs so eventually it becomes um, self-defeating so I'll put put this to you who's the biggest bookseller in the USA by their ability to just shift numbers of books no idea Oprah Winfrey okay how many books has Oprah Winfrey written none (laughs) one yeah if if she gives you the stamp of approval, yeah, you are a millionaire. It, it, goes, it, yeah. it used to be you would sit on her couch and talk about your book. You are a millionaire. Yeah, that's because she built an audience and effectively became like a curator for her audience. Yeah, and I feel like that's where our our value started to to start to move in that direction. Is oh, I could go get all this shit for free off the internet okay, good luck, because it's going to take you so much time to get to the the good stuff. You're going to have to have the critical faculties to discern from all that kind of stuff. And you're not going to know, well, if I'm dealing with this person, this person's a snake or this person's genuine. So we're we're trying to be like a curator for strength coaches and a filter. Like, hey, we did that stuff for you. Here's the people that you need to pay attention to. Here's the people that can help you. All this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, tr-
0: I trust here. I trust Strength Coach Network to bring the right person to me. Yeah. And now I can have some kind of trust in that information that's there.
1: Yeah. And it's me making those decisions as opposed to writing the presentations. Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. it, man. Business model-wise, like,
0: we've chatted a bit about this in the past as well. Like templates, well, not, 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 not as much since you've had your, your new courses out. But so templates, like I do, and you do. That was, that was the conscious decision to stop. Yeah, versus yeah. a course like that, so one-off payment versus a membership site. Can you talk a little bit, maybe about the pros and cons of each, or where your mind is at that at the moment?
1: Well, I mean, the the model. For, I mean, we're going back now. Like I remember getting pissed in a, a bar in Sydney six or seven years ago. I was talking to a guy who uh, he'd made a fortune. An Australian guy made a fortune. He was living in Austin and his his business was selling other businesses and i remember talking to him and he basically described i don't know if you're familiar with ryan dice he's like one of the big time Americans. Yeah, i love him he's really good yeah, yeah, yeah. and he talked about like sales funnels how how businesses are supposed to be built and you you basically they have to know you exist you have to build likability, trusts um, trustability is that a word? Authority. You have to provide sufficient value that they'll give you money in exchange for a, a product or service. And it has to be low enough level that it's not a big deal to them, but you've identified who's going to be most receptive to your key product or the service down the line. So it's called a tripwire. And you have an intermediate product. So you can continue to build that relationship. And then eventually you get down to the bottom of the sales funnel and you have the, the key product or offering. And then hopefully things snowball from there. They become a long-term customer. You get referrals all this kind of thing. And then you kind of feed the firewall. Sounds easy. Very, very hard to do. That's great. But if you look at even the, the biggest companies in the world, they all go towards recurring revenue mm-hmm. because the, the value per customer over time is way higher in recurring revenue. So... Even Apple now have Apple TV, Apple Music. Uber now have this like uh, recurring revenue platform. Netflix, New York Times, Amazon. All of these businesses are shifting to a recurring model because a slightly lower price point repeated over years and years and years and years and years years is a huge lifetime value. And the thing about recurring models is if, if you are doing templates, Every time you're asking somebody to make a buying decision, you are having to interrupt them, which people don't like. You are having to persuade them. And then you're having to have fulfillment. So it's buy once, sell once, buy once, sell once, sell once, buy once. With a subscription model, you sell once and they buy many, many, many times. And it's the nature of subscription businesses that you're satisfied. So if that's the minimum level of satisfaction that you have to have to remain a customer, it's going to start like this and it's going to tail off over time. So your ability to engage people and keep delivering value will extend that into the future and push up that value. But the, the total area under that curve, lifetime value, is way higher in a, in a revenue model. And that's the reason that I was like, right, no more products because it's fool's gold. It's it's that it's almost like the hedonic treadmill of like release a product, 20, 30 grand. Oh my God, that was awesome. Oh shit, the money's running out. Release a new product. Mm-hmm. And you're not building anything that can be sold or that you can step away from. Because when you stop developing the products, you stop getting paid. Mm-hmm. With a subscription model, hopefully, you know, especially once you start to build your onboarding processes and you have staff managing it. And the thing is, when you, when you have a forum, people are producing the content for you. It's just a much more sustainable business model. And that's why I stopped. I think the last product I did was like last January. And I, I said in my head, this is the last time I'm doing this. Yeah. Also a lot harder to steal, you know, the amount of people that must have got your stuff for free, got my stuff for free. I think it, it just makes sense to rim fence what you're doing a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then the course is this is one conversation I, you know, I had with uh, JJ. If you look at our membership platform, you look at everything that's available in terms of discussions. Lectures, resources, everything like that. And then you look at our average monthly cost or the cost of a year and how long people remain members for. On paper, it's a much more valuable prospect for people to become members of Strength Coach Network than it is to sign up for Strength Coach Network fundamentals. And that thing flies off the shelves. We have to do some work to persuade people as to the value of being a member. We put out the course. It, it does nuts, you know. Mm-hmm. You know what that is, or why I think it is, because
0: it, it, there's a defined start and end point in it. Yes. And it's like, like with a membership site, it's like, oh, I I probably should watch a, a lecture yeah, next yeah, month and I never do. So then I just cancel it because I'm almost guilty that I'm not using it.
1: But you just set your calendar for two years from now and say, oh, I'm going to lose Strength Coach Network in two years. And you've mm-hmm. got access to way more content, you know? Yeah. It, it's just. Uh, I think they're, they're complementary. I'll, I'll say this, it's a lot more self-directed in terms of our membership platform in we're we, and we need to do a better job with it in terms of how we structure Cause whenever you have a, a like membership content platform, people must be trained to consume it. Yeah. That's the tough thing. Cause you're like, Oh, I built all the shit. People aren't using it and they're leaving and it's like, well, no, it's on you. What does Netflix do? Netflix has that algorithm like, hey, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Are you still watching? Mm-hmm. Same thing in terms of having a, a subscription platform is you, you have to do a much better job of training people and it can be a little bit disorganized. Whereas with courses, it's more of a structured curriculum. Like you said, clear beginning, clear end. There's a logical sequence to things. You're, you're literally being spoon fed. And I think people maybe want to pay a bit more of a premium to just sit there and be told right now do this, now do this, now do this. So I think that it's not one or the other, it's complementary. Yeah. Yeah. And ideally
0: it is, you're looking to get the same people to get both. So um, I think we have, uh, yeah, I think with the, like with the lifetime, when you start to understand lifetime value of a customer, yeah, that's when one, you can't argue with advertising anymore, paying money to get people in the door. Like if I spend 200 euro today or dollars or whatever, and on just content marketing on an Instagram ad and 100 yeah. people follow me and four people buy a program, then it's paid for that. Ad, four of those 200 people at some stage buy a program. And I'm, quite, yeah. I'm not saying this for you, but I'm saying this for people that are listening. So, at some, so let's say that, that that has paid for itself in that advertising. And people would, people would argue then and say, well, you haven't made anything. You've just got back the money that that you paid out. But actually I have made any, something. I have, now have four customers. So you're not yeah. actually trying to, get a, you're not trying to get a sale, you're trying to get a customer. Yeah. And, and that's why the membership is so important because you now have a customer, not just a sale that you've sold in the template. Right, on a Jeff template. One.
1: Yeah. Jeff yeah. Bezos back in the day, he's like, you can do whatever you want to acquire a customer, just make it cost less than hundred bucks. Because he's like, I think, and he was right, I think, the lifetime value of somebody to Amazon in the future is going to be more than a hundred bucks. And of course he was right. It's probably like a hundred bucks a year or a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you know, that also ties in, having that mindset ties into you as a coach or as a, as a business owner. Like I finally bit the bullet this year and hired myself a business coach. And this guy's costing me six grand a year, but the changes that are put in play, I'll give you an example. Within a month, our reach on, I did my Instagram as a test and the strength coach network Instagram, 400% reach increase in a month. How much is that worth? It's, that's worth more than 600 bucks a month. Yeah. We made other changes that saved over 30 grand a year in staffing. And then we're continuing to like, it's you, you spend to get back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same with education. That's the same. Like coaches, just some people just don't want to do a course or whatever. And it's like, yeah. if you learn, if you go to a workshop and you you learn one thing, like yeah. I was always of that. I'm not, not trying to say I'm great, but I like I was always of that mindset where if I get one thing from this that I can take back and I get yeah. one client with that one thing, they're going yeah. to tell 10 other people and it's paid for itself, easily paid for itself.
1: The cost is, what's it going to cost you to miss this?
0: Yeah. 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 So that's uh, that that changes your mindset, definitely. Um, I actually had a client say to me yesterday who's a, he's a, he's a trader. He's an investment guy, a big money guy. And he said to me that it was online. He's in New York. He said that I made, I made a multimillion dollar mistake by releasing my, t- my templates. <laughs> and I said, look, I would have done it anyway, because like I now have six, seven, probably 8,000 people on my email list. Yeah. And I can still sell to them and they still need to, well, a lot of them still want to know the why behind all that stuff and things like that but he, I, I i don't disagree with him in some ways of what he was saying you know
1: yours needs to be an app
0: an app yeah i know <laughs> but i was chatting to people about that and it was going to be very very expensive <laughs> yeah. spend money make money well <laughs> i'm arguing with myself here um this might be a little bit you don't have to answer this what do you think is, the, is there anything that keeps you up at night what's very with regards to business or life but it's you're really trying to mitigate against. I'll give you an example. For me, it's like if my Instagram got deleted tomorrow, I'd be kind of fucked. So is there anything in your mind that you are trying to really mitigate against? Isn't this? No. 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 Because... because... Well, you have your members, don't you? Like you're, you're, you're not too bad there.
1: Well, I'll, I'll, you know, whilst we're talking about this, you're... Email list is the, the most valuable business asset that you possess. Mm-hmm. I would say never never forget that because here's the thing: like one change in the algorithm, you're fucked. My Instagram, oh, he says something offensive, take it down, you're fucked. The 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 email list cannot be taken away from you. You have permission to contact them. And again, anytime that you want to reach people on Instagram either the algorithm is going to know what you're trying to do and it's going to throttle it, or you're going to be paying for the privilege. And it's one interruption, one payment, one interruption, one payment. With email, it's pay. I.e. you you pay for the service and you have the email address and then you have unlimited uh, permission to contact them as long as it's a, a good communication. Weirdly enough, I don't have a ton of stress when it comes to business mostly because what keeps me awake at night is like existential bullshit about what happens when we die. Why am I here? Is my son going to like me when I grow up? Am I being a good parent? When you grow up? That's right. When more, he grows up. Both. <laughs> you, that is like my, my default in life is just, it, it's a bad thing and a good thing. My worries are like, a lot of the time at night, I just like business pairs in comparison, like, fuck it. Who gives a fuck? If, mm. if one day the lights go out and that's it, and you're, you know, you're going to be dead forever, who gives a fuck about, oh, what if this goes wrong? What if this goes wrong? What does this person think of me? Who gives a fuck?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But on the flip side, like exact, that exact attitude is what makes you
0: make sure that you're trying to make sure that your business is successful because who gives a fuck type of thing also applies to why would I work for someone else that doesn't care about me and waste half of my life when what really matters is just enjoying every day and making sure that the people close to me.
1: And that was the thing about, if you speak to most smart people in American collegiate strength and conditioning, especially on the football side, and be like, that person's a moron, that person's a moron, that person's a moron, that guy's a fucking idiot. I can't believe that guy did that. It's like, all right, why are you going up and sucking his dick at a conference and be like, oh, can I have a job? Yeah. If you disrespect that person so much for being a fucking moron, why would you hitch your wagon to that person and be like, oh, I'm, you know, my, my uh, professional financial future is uh, hitched to this guy. Absolutely not. And it's like, ask yourself, how would I rank this person's ability to think critically and to define what it is I do and to evaluate how will I do it? The answer is almost universally no and be like, right. Okay. That's the person that you've just hit your wagon to. How do you feel?
0: Mm -hmm. Scary. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If they can't evaluate what you're doing, how are they going to say if you're doing a good job or not? And you're you're not on the same page from the beginning then.
1: Yeah. Which is why you get, I'm reading a deep work. Like Cal Newport, right now. Yeah, good point. It's like the harder it becomes to define and evaluate your contribution in objective terms, the more the appearance of busyness becomes a currency in your organization.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: if you are, you're kind of known for your your thoughts on
0: reverse engineering the sport and all of that stuff. And I said before we started that I didn't really want to talk about training because I think you have much more important things to say in all of the stuff that we've spoken about so far. And I would love to talk to you about training, but it's not as important. If you're going to reverse engineer your your career, then I'll leave it up to you whether you want to choose, okay, I want to be an NFL strength coach or I want to own my own business. But if you're talking to someone who's listening who's let's say let's presume they just came out of college or whatever they have, the, they have the, the necessary qualifications what would you do or who would you talk to or how would you even approach that or what, what way would you think about that
1: well me now
0: let's presume Strength Coach Network doesn't exist yeah. so you can't just say sign up for Strength Coach uh, Network even though that's uh, what they should I mean
1: I, was it a mistake or was it just a reflection of where, where I was at in my thinking but I think was was I kind of like instinctively trying to reverse engineer things 13, 14 years ago, maybe, but you know, kind of like I had to learn mistakes along the way. But I would say the mistake that I made then that I would not make now is that I was reverse engineering a career rather than reverse engineering a life. Yeah. And there is, you know, to to be a great success on the field and in the gym and a failure in life is not a neutral outcome. You are a failure. That's one mistake that I made. And I would really think carefully about what kind of a life am I building? And then I think what it is, it's the same thing with athletes. It's like, right, what does elite look like? What does the environment demand? And then you can, you can look at like the most successful individuals in our field. And again, I figured this out. Are they universally despised and unpopular? Absolutely not. Everyone in the building loves them. You know, do they have extremely tight relationships with very influential people in the building? There are some strength coaches in this field that could kick a hooker to death in the middle of the field. But as long as the head coach likes them, they're going to keep a job. And I've worked with a couple of them. The, the very, very best ones have fantastic theoretical and applied, more importantly, applied knowledge i.e. they have a proven track record of getting results with elite athletes in the real world. They have global perspective. They're, they're good at helping people solve their problems. They typically have a supporting spouse. They're okay with moving around and eating a lot of shit. Again, either they're an extrovert and they have a demon, you know, demonstrative personality or they do a very good impression of one. There are introverts in our field, but they typically have to put the face on when they're in a team environment, especially with men. Those you, you can you can start to build out the kind of picture of what elite looks like. I like the Ray Dalio thing of character, abilities, and skills. Hmm. Character never changes. You are what you are. Good luck. Ability is fairly consistent over time, and that's like your kind of like intellectual and yeah intellectual qualities, and then the skill is the expression of those qualities in like a specific context. Then you can start to look at well, you know what un- what underpins those. So. Is there variables underneath those that really drive those things? And then what's my limiting factor? What's the one, you know, what, what's the one thing that I can attack right now that's probably going to have the biggest impact on my total sum development of all of those qualities? And then how do I come up with a plan to get rid of that shit as soon as possible and start finding the next problem? Like you said, it's like you cut the head off the snake, another one appears, all right? Next problem, next problem, next problem. But I think mm-hmm. it's like, I can't, I kind of tease, but knowing what to attack is just as valuable as how hard you attack it. Yeah. And I remember I was talking to an assistant of mine, there was, uh, this female softball player, at a college in the U S and they put up a video and she was, you know, trapped by deadlifting in the four hundreds, high handles, trapped by deadlifting in the four hundreds. And I said to to Scott, I'm like, oh, congratulations, body weight and a half trap bar deadlift. Do you think this chick's limiting factor right now is that she doesn't trap bar deadlift enough? No. And of course, the kiss of death, we're working with female athletes as a male, is the second you tell them to lose weight, you're insensitive, even Mm -hmm. if it's a rational thing. It's like, Mm -hmm. don't be the career version of that. Don't be well-connected, well-liked, great network and you're a fucking knuckle dragger with no technical ability and be like, oh, I need to work on my network more. No, yeah. you work on not being a fucking moron. Yeah. My problem, one of my many problems in 2011, I was technically good or better than other people, but I had a shit network. Nobody, nobody liked me, knew me, or trusted me to a sufficient degree to hire me at that point, and I had to work on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you know, do you know Scott Adams? he's a he's like a trump supporter, or he was a trump supporter anyway, yeah. but um
1: he's just like a contrarian,
0: <laughs> but he talks about being in like just like with, like what you're saying about having a ton of different skills I'm yeah. not like the best at any one of those things i'm not he's a, he's a a comic. I'm not. yeah, and I'm the same, I'm definitely not, like he's like just being the top twenty five percent of a ton of different skills, and you're yeah. going to be better than most of the people, so like. Technically, obviously, but that's when I talk. When uh, you get this question as well as me, what like what book should I read? It's like what are you trying to learn? What's the what's the thing that you need to be better at right now? What should I do? Yeah. Yeah. So what like what are you trying to get better at? So yeah, I like I like when he speaks about that because as well as that, when people are like, how do I how should I get to know like some of the stuff that I know? That's I'm, I'm not saying I know anything, but people people ask me that question and like. If you just break down the body and say, even if you wanted to be a good physio or something like that, right, I'm going to break down the body. Who, who's the best shoulder person out there? Okay, maybe Eric Cressy. Okay, I'm going to learn and like try and understand 70, 80% of what he talks about, the, the, the most important stuff that he talks about. Who, who's the best spring coach? Okay, Dan Path. I'm going to start to learn some of that stuff and just take it one by one. And suddenly you break it down, you're reverse engineered, you break it down into chunks and you've gotten you've gotten 10 people there that you can learn a lot and now now you are in the easily in the top 25% of people yeah. who know anything about the body and you, so, you
1: blink and then a decade's gone by <laughs> yeah
0: yeah well it's going to take time yeah but um but one one that they one that people who never seem to make it who never seem to make get anywhere really is their public speaking their communication is poor and and that's the biggest thing like if you talk to a coach you're not, you're not going to get someone to come on Strength Coach Network if they can't speak well. It doesn't matter how t- technically good they are. simple <laughs> yeah. as that. So that's, that, I think that's probably the most important skill because they can't communicate their ideas.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Warren Buffett supposedly said that the best investment he ever made was a Dale Carnegie uh, public speaking course. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, Buffett seems
1: to know a thing or two. What, what helped me in that regard was coaching in a foreign language. Really? Yeah, just because it forces, you know, quit in Japan. No, Spanish.
0: I was like, do you speak Japanese?
1: I do I do speak very very bad Japanese, but I'm fluent in Spanish now. But, you know, I did a tiny bit in China too, but it's one of those things where when you are working, it's probably different being a physio, but when you're working in your own language, you're able to speak without thinking about what it is you're saying. So there's a lot of junk junk volume, right? Yeah you know, you're not thinking about exactly what it is you're saying. When you're doing it in a foreign language, you're having to think very precisely about what it is you're trying to say to get it out. And you know that if there's junk volume in there, one, it's going to come out too late and two, it's going to come out like bullshit. So you have to think, you have to be economical in your words and you have to get the maximum coaching effect for the input of your words. Mm -hmm. And I feel like... If you can do that in a foreign language, it only benefits you in your native language. And towards the end, I would speak publicly. You know, I fuck, I was doing like media shit at the end in Spanish. And the, the confidence that you draw from that, it's nerve wracking. I've done a live radio interview in Spanish in, in Rosario and it fucked me up. If you can do that, you can speak publicly in your own, yeah. especially on a, a topic area that you're comfortable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know what else helps with that? That'll take less time for people listening who will never learn a language is talking on Instagram. Yeah. That helped me so much. It was like, I wanted to say two years ago, three years ago, I was doing like a video on here's an exercise, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, trying. I could record a video and it take me 10 minutes to say it. I was like, no, we need to get this down to 60 seconds. Yeah. It helped me get way more clear about what I wanted to say about things.
1: Brevity is the soul of (laughs) wit.
0: Say again? Brevity is the soul of wit. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting one. Japan are actually playing in Ireland this weekend.
1: They're going to get their food down.
0: I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen much rugby recently, actually. But I'm going to go Mike, Michael um, Michael Leach for anyone who's who's. Uh,
1: don't hurt your back dropping that name, there,
0: I <laughs> uh, No, I was about to say you introduced us, so thank yeah. you for that. But um, he, he actually texts me saying. Just out of nowhere, you, do you want tickets this weekend to this game? And I was like, yep. He's, a
1: good dude, man. he's, yeah. he's, he's one of the grumpiest men on earth. He's a fucking good dude, Lachie.
0: Yeah, he's a legend. But um, okay, I think, I think we're nearly at the end. I could chat for the day, but um, I asked Joel Smith on the last podcast, what, so obviously he has a, a big podcast and I said, you are going to be stranded on a desert island for, for a week, let's say. What three coaches would you take with you? for that that you've had on the podcast to, to learn from now I'm going to leave it up to you you don't have to choose coaches so what three people would I you <laughs> yeah you probably wouldn't that's what I mean so who would you who would you take with you what do you what problems are you trying to solve
1: I mean am I trying to get off the island or am I just trying to accept my fate no, you're, maybe maybe it's better if you just have a have
0: a dinner with three no I think no a dinner is too short yeah, you don't have to get off the oil. I'll collect you on a boat
1: in a week's time. No, <laughs> I, actually, no. I want to be there as well. Terence, just you know, Terence is uh, he's a fucking good dude. Wait, do I ten. have to know them or I have to be like? No, you uh, don't have to know them. Oh shit! Okay, Co- can I expand it beyond coaches? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do whatever you want. John Danaher, because of jiu GG. He's like one of the one of the. Watch John Danaher on the Lex Friedman podcast. That is one of the smartest sport coaches in the world. I would chain most sport coaches to a table to watch that podcast. I'm gonna send you a ring. Jiu-Jitsu, PhD in philosophy as well. Interesting discussions. Uh, Peter Thiel, he's one of the most influential authors I've ever read, even though he's not an author. He's you know, Mm -hmm. PayPal, Palantir, Facebook, all that bullshit. He's also, remember how he said, Surround yourself with people that aren't like you. This guy is a German-born gay evangelical Christian tech mogul. <laughs> and let me think. I'm gonna pick all men, just cause yeah, fuck women. Let me think. One more man, Marcus Aurelius. we're bringing back people back from from the from the dead now as well. What did you, because
0: I I read zero to one after you recommended it. I think I had actually tried to read it years ago and I just didn't get through it. But obviously I didn't have a business then. So what did you take from that? What's the biggest thing
1: you think you learned from that? He's a smart guy. He's a devious fucker too. Have you seen about how he dodged all of his tax? Have you seen that? No. So Roth IRA accounts in America, you pay tax on the way in, but not on the way out, right? So if you, if you read, there's a book that he actually funded the reprinting of it. It's called The Sovereign Individual. If you work out not paying tax, the, the sum, and you assume growth each year, the sums of wealth that the state is able to take away from you in the form of tax is like astronomical. He read this book, and he's like, okay, the rules are any company that you do not have a controlling sharing is not – uh, can go into a Roth IRA account. So at, at the time, PayPal, he's like, oh, 49.9% of the company's mine. All right. Pay, he, I think he paid like $20 of tax putting it into this account. Three years later, it's worth a billion dollars. But the original assets in that account can be rolled over. So he sold the stock for a billion dollars, bought the Facebook shit, set up his company, bought Palantir. He's rolled it over into $20 billion that can't be taxed. He has the biggest Roth IRA account in the world now. Oh, man. Devious. Yeah. Devious. Yeah. Anyway, that book is Competitionist for Losers. Yep. Innovation or, you know, technology versus globalization. Scale. And I think those are just the three things. It's... the the way that I would sum it up is again, it fits my personality. I'm not trying to be the Navy. We're the pirates. Strength coach network is the pirates. William and Mary, we're not the Navy. We're the pirates. Like we used to put, we used to film our boys training to girls just want to have fun by Cindy Lauper and then upload the shit. So our opponents could see it and just Mm -hmm. the fuck with (laughs) it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that you know he's a, he's a contrarian. So if you, if you read him, if you read Howard Marks, In investing, they talk about the price being baked in. If I know what you know, we both bid up the price until there's no value left to capture. Value is what's it worth versus what does it cost? And if you look at per, you know, this is the thing. Competition is very American and it's a good thing and blah, blah, blah. Do you know how much each of the major airlines makes per person per flight? No. One dollar. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's because of competition facebook makes several hundred dollars per you know member of the site because there is no competition it's monopoly so i think that's one thing is like you realize like competition is for losers you actually should have a monopoly and then you have to be innovative to create something that isn't there because if you're creating what somebody else has already created you're in competition yeah yeah that's why going back to the brand thing earlier
0: which is my kind of argument in some ways against Against someone who says having David Gray rehab is a stupid idea is like there is there's no one, there's yeah. no other competition. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's sure. there's the but look again, how do you get out of that? I don't know. Um, well,
1: you know my uh, my dearly departed grandmother, one of the her favorite Bible verses she used to quote to me was uh, Saint Paul's letter to the Corinthians, which is you know when I was a child I thought and spoke as a child and now I'm a man. It's time to put childish things aside. So what helps you get to one size? And what's the good thing? Eventually it's time to put it aside or set the size that you'll content to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you very much. Is there anything I, is there anything I should have asked you?
1: Oh, bro. Go, go sign up for Strength Coach Network.
0: <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that the only plug you want to give? You can, yeah. you can do whatever you want now. Oh, bro, that's um, it. No, I recommend it too. I, I always recommend it and stuff. So, the the physiotherapy rehab strength training worlds are just collided and it's kind of all the same thing now Um, yeah for the better exactly for the better and um aside from post-op rehab everything else is pretty much the same and um which it should be i think and like so where else for people in the rehab world coaches to to go and learn from some of the best in the world so um and you have you have a new fundamentals courses coming as well
1: yeah, yeah. So that's going to be the last Monday of November. We'll, uh, we'll drop that and then we'll, we'll probably do an intro price for the first 20 like we did last time. And yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Is there any people on there that you're excited to, any presentations?
1: Oh, man. So we got uh, Cameron Joss, Stefan Jones, Pratik Patel, uh, Patel, who just left the Giants last year. He left the Giants just before I left sport. Who else do we have? Zach Deccan i be strength coach. <laughs> that was the one where I couldn't find anyone to do that module. Um, Nick DeMarco, TK. Yeah, man, there's a lot of good people in there. Very excited to drop it.
0: Brilliant. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, oh, well, last, last question. Who should I interview for the podcast? What do you think? Now, that's like saying what book should I read, but I'm going to ask it anyway.
1: Do they have to be in sport? No. Um, Mark Baker. Who's Mark Baker? Guru Anaerobic. Okay. Guy's are fucking lunatic, in a good way. Okay. He, one of the, I, you know, it was a, a clip I did. And he said, when they went into the fields and they unshackled the slaves and said, you're free to go, their reply wasn't, but I don't have an income stream. And he's like, if you want to be free, go fucking be free. And you know what? I quit my job after that. Yeah,
0: so that's like the burn the boats mentality. Fuck yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if I agree.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Why do you need to burn the votes? Maybe you just be smarter with it. Motivation. Yeah. Bro, I know, I know people that have been leaving their jobs for five years. Yeah. Every time they say it, I'm like,
0: bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're not doing that. That's, anyway. that's my mentality, yeah.
1: That's my mentality.
0: Yeah. Look, I'm the same as you, but I see both sides. <laughs> Depends if you have a family or not. True. And if you have money in the bank. But yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Kier you're a star man I really appreciate it Um, I definitely could chat all day but we gotta go you gotta go do no work for a little while and then one burst and then come out with new products yeah baby (laughs) right, brother take care bye bye